Christmas being on the weekend, it like, I don't know, it feels, it just feels weird. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't feel like a normal holiday. I tell you, if I was in school, I would be furious. Right? Fucking, that'd be like, because Christmas and New Year's are both on Saturdays, right? Yeah. So what are you getting, like a one week off? Oh, yeah, I know. You probably you're probably getting the shaft. Fuck that. Well, these fucking Gen Zers—they're all pussies anyway. Not like us. We're, We're tough. pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, so how you doing? Are you? Uh, you're right. Something. I'm. I'm with you there. I don't know what it is. Um, maybe it's just my age, my lack of children. The fact that it's been like <laughs> 60 plus degrees. Um, I don't know. Just uh, doesn't feel like anything. Doesn't feel like anything matters anymore. It feels like uh, uh, the uh, we're, we've gone too far and the world's going to end. And we're just acting like it's not. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that. Trying to be more positive. No, I feel that. And I mean, especially around holiday time even pre-pandemic i've never really i don't want to say i'm a scrooge mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't know i just i i don't get into it i'm not a good gift giver i don't even really take pride in the gift giving mm. um and then meanwhile cat fucking loves it like cat right. like our apartment right now is decorated she she loves all of it give her the eggnog you know all of it. She, mm-hmm. she she loves the holidays. Um, so I try to not be the Debbie Downer for her. That's nice um, of you. Yeah. So yeah, like we we've gone to Longwood uh, a couple times already. We we went once with her mom and her sister, mm-hmm. and then we went once with uh, Enan and Mandy. And the time with her mom and sister, we went at five o'clock on a Sunday, and. I swear, I swear, I've never been there at Christmas time when it was this packed. And oh, wow. or maybe it's maybe it's just my heightened awareness with COVID, uh-huh. but it was uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I really, quite frankly, hated it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the time we went with Keenan and Mandy, it was later. Like we were in there maybe seven thirty ish, and and it was once again a Sunday. So I feel like that's when crowds are kind of thinning out. It, it was way less crowded. Um, and it was much more enjoyable. Oh, that's good. Yeah, fuck that. Um, I uh, I hate crowds. Uh, but you're. Do you still have? I know at one point you had like a a pass of some sort to Longwood, right? Where you could go whenever you wanted. Oh yeah, we we are still members. My my parents actually give it to us every year for a Christmas gift. I love that. That's so nice. Yeah, and and we do get our money's worth too cuz it's not just the Christmas season. There's most people are drawn to Longwood for the Christmas decorations, but mm-hmm. Kat and I actually like the off season. They do a bunch of other really cool displays with orchids or fountain displays and all sorts of other fun things. Oh and yeah. It, way less crowded it's 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 more low-key and and more our speed and i mean there's there's times where we'll just go on an off day and just sit on a bench and stare at a tree for 30 minutes straight you know oh yeah i mean it's it's nice as fuck i mean it's for those that don't know and this is i'm gonna say what i 
I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, it used to just be all up one rich guy's land, right? And yeah. uh, it was he either donated it or whatever, and now it's open to the public. So so you could go through. There's like buildings you could go through, and then the grounds are just immaculately kept gardens and things like this. And there's like a treehouse and fountains, like you said, a giant uh, hole of some sort that spews water out, which is cool as shit. Yeah, I mean, it's all uh, DuPont money yeah, and land. That DuPont money, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, it, it, like, the. the there's plenty of historical displays that tell the exact story of how these gardens came to be, but I, don't quote me on this, but I want to say they came from like, it was, it was either civil or revolutionary war. I want to say it goes as far back as revolutionary war when like gunpowder was like where he first started making his money. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I think the DuPots have a long history of, uh, making money off of, uh, war. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, other than that, like, I I hear you. I, I, I feel like I've been maybe not immune, but not as cognizant as to how this long of a pandemic has, like, affected me mentally. Because mm. I, I just started, like, this past Saturday, I had I had a very great day you know uh-huh. for, for for people that don't know i don't work weekends anymore because i'm out of the bar business so i have saturday and sunday off sunday cat has off so we spend the day together it's fantastic saturday though i i like all my friends still work in the biz mm. so i'm finding it difficult to fill my time with like things to do and i i like when i first started this job i, I was doing fine i, I was like I was going to see my parents. I went to see my brother, mm-hmm. uh, and he has, you know, a not even two year old knee or a kid. So mm-hmm. that, so that was fun. But then I like kind of started to get in a rut where like I had some Saturdays where I would just like stand in my kitchen drinking coffee and just like staring <laughs> at the wall and be like, what the fuck do I do with myself? You know, right. and, stare at your phone. Yeah. Get down a TikTok hole or something. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just like, I don't know. It's it's been interesting. No, I, I I get that. Uh, I work third shift, and so there are, I I'm used to doing shit by myself. Like uh, then it's just something you gotta like, kind of force yourself to get up and go somewhere, and look at shit alone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what was this season like in the biz the biz we're talking about the restaurant business is shit like uh because everyone's out shopping do fuck do you get slammed more often oh yeah i mean every restaurant gets crushed around Mm -hmm. now but i people are out i don't know if they're going to restaurants so much at least from my like appetites crew that i still talk to and cat working at kuma they haven't been getting slaughtered. It's actually been pretty tame. So mm-hmm. I don't know how to, how to explain that. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, although, like, just yesterday was the Eagles game, and I know that kind of, for a place like Kuma, uh, a sushi restaurant, I think that killed business for them specifically last night when there's an Eagles game on at 7 o'clock on uh, a Tuesday because right. of COVID. Yeah. Do they have TVs? They do. They only have two, though, so they're not really like a 
you know, bar yeah. atmosphere like that. Right, but you can take a date there and just look over their shoulder the whole time and stare at the television. Right, because, I mean, what else are you going to do? Like, listen to her? <laughs> Some broad talk about her day? No thanks. I uh, used to work in... I used to work at a Barnes and Noble at the um, Christiana Mall, which was, a, I mean, it still is in this area. Uh, Christiana's probably second only to King of Prussia in terms of malls that are still alive. Um, yeah, it's like point. Exton's dead. Yep. Um, and uh, Con- like it's, it's, Concord's dead, and Concord. I mean, Exton at least has fucking round one, which rocks and should actually be fun, like subsidized by the government, so it's there forever. I think. Yeah, and I feel like like Exton is still physically open. Oh it's not, yes, it's not dead like Granite Run, but for the most part, it's it's no. on its way. But you're right. I feel like even if Exton does close, I I bet round one would stay open. Please, that's great. And I, I think, I mean, I worked at the Exton Mall, too. Um, I worked at a sports um, autograph memorabilia store, Sports Vault. And uh, we're, I'm sure if you work in the mall at a place like fucking, I don't know what even is crowded at the mall anymore, but someplace where you're actually under fire, it's a huge pain in the ass. But Christmas time, working at Sports Vault which was not a super high traffic store, you know, a very specialty store was fun. But working at the Barnes and Noble, um, there would be days where I would get off on closing. Right. And the same time the entire mall closes. So all 15 million people in the mall are all leaving at the same time. And you get in your car and you just sit in the parking lot. Like, like a fucking Phillies game, you know what I mean? Like it, like I just worked ten hours on my feet with maniacs in here, uh, and now I gotta sit in my car before I even start driving. Just sit in the parking lot for ten a- for an hour plus. Just like, hmm, don't know why nobody's moving. No way to know. I'm just gonna sit here. Yeah, so- I mean, hell, I, I guess my experience with that would be. Uh, where Kat and I met, Hands was in the Exton Mall. Oh, yeah, yeah, met. yeah. You met at that one? Yeah. That's cute. And, like, yeah, Christmas time was insane. But, hell, I, I do remember my my teenage years, I worked at Eddie Bauer. Hello! In the, Spring, in the Springfield Mall. That's what's up. And, yeah, like, I just, it, it, it was bedlam. Like, there'd just be a line of, like, ten people uh-huh. waiting at the cash register. And yeah. It's just, like... It's crazy. It's, uh, yes, it's nuts. The holiday, I don't, it's, it's such a strange thing, right? Because it's like you buy a fuck ton of shit for your kids, right? For no reason. They didn't earn it, but they get a bunch of new toys. And then you try to attach some sort of like meaning onto it. Like this is about, this day's about giving. Here's, a giant pile of toys that you demanded from me. <laughs> it's right. very, very odd. It's like, it's the season of giving. I was... Mom, I said Sonic the Hedgehog 3, exactly. not 2. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the, uh, 
there there was a we were watching uh, one Christmas Eve we were watching a old um, home movie, and uh, it was like I we all got for this particular Christmas Eve we were all kids and like all. Uh, this okay. So th- at this Christmas Eve, all the aunts and the uncles and the grandparents got presents for all the nieces and nephews, which didn't last long. After that, it moved to like a Pollyanna type thing. So That's I got good. so I fucking made out right. I had fucking a bunch of shit, GI Joe cars, all these great toys, and I walk right up to the camera, look dead down the barrel, and say, "I want more presents." <laughs> like, it's just oh, like, oh <laughs> boy. Just absolute garbage. But, you know, it's the season of giving. I'm six years old. If I don't get a fucking Sega, I'm going to shoot up my house. I do feel a little bad for, like, not not even, I don't, I don't even call them old people, but, like, like, I have one friend who's in her later 40s, and mm. anything video games is just foreign to her. Yes. And, like, because she just was never a gamer growing up. Mm-hmm. So, like, her kid's talking about, like, some fucking Minecraft expansion, and she's talking to me about it, you know? And I'm like, look, I don't play Minecraft, but I can look it up and figure it out for you. Right, um, right. I had a, I had another uh, friend girl text me today who's uh, – she's probably, like, mid-30s. And I, I don't know – she didn't state it this way that, like, her boyfriend asked for this. Maybe she just put this on herself. But she was going to get him the new Xbox, which, you know, came out last year with the PS5 simultaneously. Yes. And, and like, she just was asking me some basic questions about it. I, I responded. I was working, so I kind of, like, didn't pay too much attention to it. But then I thought about it later on. I was like, wait, is the is the new Xbox still, like, 400 bucks? And she was like, actually, you can't get them anywhere, so you have to get them either on, like, I don't know, eBay or wherever. And they're, like, five to $800. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't You're not, get like, it. Yeah, like I've never bought Cat a gift more than probably three hundred bucks, and it was like maybe a really expensive watch or something, you know. Right. And I, I don't know, I just the money with it, it just gets so ridiculous. Honestly, and this like so much pressure. I mean, pressure. I don't. Yeah, that's. I, I, I'm lucky. Like we're Tammy and I are under. We have an understanding. Like. We're not, we don't, we buy each other shit all, you know what I mean? It's not like we don't put a, any pressure on each other, but it's like, I mean, it's, as we speak, you and I, it's December 22nd. Um, our plan is right now to go out tomorrow, the day before Christmas Eve and, uh, get all our fucking shopping done, which is insane because it's the, it's the last time we could do it. Cause Christmas Eve, we're having fucking... 20 of my relatives here and are we ready for that no but you know well i I feel like you got some great advice from adam and warren too on on your most recent monthly podcast do you remember what they said i do not (laughs) uh well adam just was asking like very specific details about Mm -hmm. like the the age group Mm -hmm. um he seemed more focused in on like the the food spread and you were like look i got the food on lockdown food's good i think you were most concerned with the like table situation 100 percent, still am still not totally solved right because i think 
best case scenario would be if there was some decent weather and you could put them kind of outside. Yeah, kind of use the back porch as another room, sort of, exactly. for spillover. That's the issue. The issue is elbow room. Um, but I think what we're going to do is everyone's going to be hanging, and then when it's dinner time, me and a couple of my cousins are just going to do a quick grab the table, set it up, throw the thing on it, you know. It's, it, it wouldn't be too difficult, so that's what we're going to do. It's right. the easiest option. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I probably talked, uh, on the main show that this is the first time in a few years that, that this, that the Antonellis are, uh, getting together for Christmas Eve and it's going to be fun. We went to a Christmas Eve party at my cousin's new house last week. So I saw, it was like, a, it was nice to see everyone first get warmed up. And now I had to work that night, so I kept telling people, like, next week I'll be able to have fun, which means be drunk. <laughs> so I'm I'm very much looking forward to that, looking forward to cooking, seeing everyone yelling, uh, and drinking, drinking a lot. I mean, we, there's no other way to have fun right now, right? You just got to get blackout drunk, right? That's how I have fun. And that's all that matters. I, uh... No, I'm 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 looking forward to it. What 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 are you what are you doing on Christmas Day? We're seeing motherfucking Matrix and IMAX. I'm very excited about that. Man, so like, I don't have to work Friday as Christmas Eve, and I don't have to work. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm planning on going out to the movie theater, despite like being a little trepidatious with Omicron going crazy. But I just got boosted, so you're fine. Uh, and the last couple times that I've gone to the theater, like I, I'm that guy that sits in the theater with my mask on, even though there's like no one fucking around me. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would feel safe like midday, Friday, Christmas Eve, people are out shopping. I don't think they're really hanging out in a movie theater. Even if there's a good amount of people in the theater, I think I'd still be fine, like you said. Yeah. Um, and my first in, or in, intuition is to go see Spider-Man because, you know, Keenan and I are just Marvel dorks. Uh -huh. Uh, but I kind of intrigued by this Matrix movie. Keanu, <laughs> Keanu fucking rules. Yes. Carrie Ann Moss like looks great mm -hmm. as always, and I don't know. Just I, I've been watching a few or a few interviews with the two of them together yeah. and separately, and I I don't know. I just I, I like all of the energy and vibes around this movie. Agreed. Agreed. And it's like you know. In the grand scheme of things, me and my $10 that I spend on a movie ticket doesn't really move a needle in any sort of way. But it's like, in my head, it's like, Spider-Man won, okay? Spider-Man made a billion dollars. Everyone went to see Spider-Man. Great. And I'm, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm happy for that, obviously. I mean, I, movie theaters need to survive somehow. And everything I've heard about Spider-Man, it sounds fucking awesome. Um, but it's just like, I want this matrix movie to make so much money, even though everyone as of now has already seen it. Cause it's on HBO max, but it's True. just like, fuck man. I want the fucking, it's like, I want the fucking pandemic to be over. So they stop fucking putting movies on HBO max the same day they're in theaters. But I, but yeah, 
I'm making the choice to not watch it on HBO Max. I want to go to the fucking theater and see The Matrix, just like I saw the fucking first Matrix in 1999, except now it's going to be an IMAX, and uh, I can't fucking wait. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. Like, uh, I mean, this is something that comes up on our podcast a lot that I say it all the time about you should go to the movie theater and give your money to independent properties that are doing something different. Mm-hmm. They're breaking the mold outside of like these huge franchise movies. Mm-hmm. And your, your little reasoning right there is convincing me that come Friday, I'm probably going to go see the matrix. <laughs> yes. Yes. Spider-Man can fucking wait, you know, just like Dune, even though it's, it's a remake, it's already been done. And it, it is also a movie that was released on HBO max, but that did not stop me from giving it my money mm-hmm. in the theater. Right. Not the best comparison, but I think no, you know no, no, I mean. no. I, I, I think it's a very fair comparison. Um, the yeah, it's like there's not much you could do in this world, right? But the things that you can do are, I'm gonna support the shit that I want to win, the shit that uh, I put on my personal team that lives inside my head of the things that I love. Those are the things that I'm gonna go out and uh, push for, and you know. Keanu Reeves is one of them. The Matrix. Now, what is your... Do you have any sort of relationship with the Matrix franchise? 1999. I was in like sixth grade. You were a couple years older than me. Did you see it at the time? I got a friend. I got a phone call. It was a week. It was a school night. My friend called me, who uh, was a new friend of mine, who was actually a tick or two above me on the popularity scale. So I was like, you know, nervous. He was like, hey, do you want to go see this? Do you want to go to the movies? I was like, yeah, obviously. So his dad picked us up in like a van or something. We went there. I didn't I didn't even hear this movie um, before it came out. And uh, it was so packed that we got me and my friend got two seats together and his dad had to go sit elsewhere. Like it was like finding three seats together was impossible. So fucking sat there and was blown out of my little tiny little underpants, just blown naked across the theater. The opening scene with Carrie and Moss fucking fucks those cops up. That was the first time I was in theaters and people started cheering. And I was like, I've never, I've never been a part of anything like that. And it was just like, what the fuck is this? This is the best shit ever. And then a um, few years later, I was in high school, went and saw fucking Matrix 2 opening night. And Matrix 2 in theaters, the fucking night it opened, rocked ass. It was the fucking freeway scene and all that shit uh was awesome and then for whatever reason i didn't I, I didn't see the third one in theaters and then was ultimately disappointed by the second two much like everyone else but it feels like in the current culture two and three are coming around people are kind of like you know they're not that bad there's some cool shit in there but anyway, yeah. I asked you a question, and then I spoke for 10 minutes, so let me ask you again. What is your relationship with The Matrix? Well, first off, uh, your podcast host, Warren, isn't this one of his blind spots where he's never seen any of The Matrix? Yeah, this movies? motherfucker tried. He said he put on The Matrix, 
And the first in the first scene where she like jumps up in the air and the camera pans around her and like she's frozen in the air, then she kicks someone in the face. He said he turned it off at that point. He couldn't do it. This dude will fucking he'll fucking uh, give the Incredible Hulk all the leash he needs to do his fake looking shit. But one karate kick that he doesn't like, he's out. Explain it to me. Make it make sense. I don't know if I can make that make sense. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy that went on a rant about how he doesn't understand soup's popularity. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so 99, I was in high school, uh, and I did not see it in theater. Uh-huh. I, I've said plenty of times on our podcast how, like, my movie uh, – my go-to movies were not um, – they're, they're not Academy Award nominated type movies, you know, uh-huh. even though that shouldn't be a be- benchmark. But like, you know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're not like pushing film yeah. to uh, higher levels, you know, like uh, probably at that point I was still obsessed with like Jim Carrey, you know? Yeah. Which is um, nothing so, wrong with that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I the first time I saw Matrix, there's been a couple times where my brother. So he's in college and I feel like this is a movie he discovered in college. uh and there's there's a few movies where he would come home on a break and sit me down and be like, "We're watching this movie." Uh-huh. Uh, he did he did that with The Usual Suspects. Yeah, uh, he did that with Office Space for me. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> and uh, he he did it with The Matrix. Mm-hmm. And it was the type of movie that I really really loved the first time, but I I could tell like I didn't quite grasp what was going on. But my brother politely stayed quiet the entire time and when the movie was over he kind of looked at me and he could tell that i had this like perplexed look on my face right and he's like do do you understand it not in a condescending way and i like kind of gave a breakdown of what i thought it was he was like yeah kind of and he gave more uh details as to exactly what was going on and then it was kind of those you know mind-blown emojis going on Yeah. Um, yeah yeah and then i didn't I might have seen the third one in theaters, but I, I don't think I saw the second one in theater. I, from the get, stood by the second one mm-hmm. strongly. But mm-hmm. I think it was also because, like, when that came out, I'm in college mm-hmm. and I'm, like, taking a philosophy course. So I, like, this movie speaks to me. Yeah. And it's, like, it's totally, like, a lot of the scenes with the Merovingian are uh, philosophy 101. Yeah. Nothing deep into philosophy at all. Uh, but I think a lot of dorks like me made it out to be more than it was more profound in a way. Um, But overall, like still the action sequences in that, especially the highway scene, like you're talking about are incredible still to this day, hold up. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the third one, it's a little, little heavy handed with the Jesus savior uh, allegory in it. And And I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I didn't mind it whatever still once again the action sequences are pretty fun like those fucking mech warriors with the machine guns yeah. are so cool yeah i'm and trying I, to think my experience when i think of the third one that's the set piece that's that i remember is them in those suits blasting the machine guns with the fucking sentinels coming into town carving up that one guy's face it kind of yeah, uh, Admiral Mifun or yeah, Captain Mifun. It kind of has a similar feel to any Alamo scene. Uh, it's kind of why the two towers 
with Lord of the Rings is probably the best of that trilogy. Because mm. uh, you just have this constant sense of dread and despair, and that there's no escape, and then they somehow, you know, escape escape certain doom by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, and like they somehow they somehow pull it off, even though it's a movie, and mm-hmm. you know they're gonna get out of it one way or another. They still portray it in a way that there's no way they're gonna come out on top of this scenario. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But but yeah. So I'm 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 go, go I got I've I've I watched the initial trailer and then I've avoided everything since I haven't read a thing. I haven't Same. I I'm wanna go in totally naked and just see what happens. Which I which I am trying to do more and more now. Um, after is it comes a, out, I'll read reviews, but I mean, not after that, it comes out, after I say it, excuse me. I won't, is that us rubbing off on you? Like the way we talk about like avoiding trailers and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's like, it's better, right? It's cause like everything you read, every opinion piece is gonna affect you one way or the other. Even if you don't want it to, it's like. It's going to have an effect. You can't just read a fucking review and then not have it inside your head when you're seeing the movie. I don't. I don't under like. I just don't. I. I don't want anything in there. For and sure. I, I don't even. I like. So I went and saw the movie, the A twenty four movie, Timmy. Come on, come on. And uh, speaking of giving up. Uh movies your money like i'm so proud of you for getting out there to see this movie oh yeah i i i wanted uh, so i was like i'm going to the movies and it's just one of those things like i decided i'm going to the movies and i wanted to see originally i was gonna see licorice pizza but that doesn't come out till like next week or something Mm -hmm. so i was like looking and i was like at my local theater, which is, you know, a big box theater, a, a regal cinema. It's not an art house thing. But once in a while, but they do do cool shit. And uh, they had Come On, Come On playing. I was like, fuck, yes. And that's a movie. The only thing I knew about it was I saw, like, a muted commercial on Twitter with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Excuse me. And it was black and white. So I was like, okay, Joaquin Phoenix, black and white. A24 that's I'm about in. that that's about all the info I need. So I just uh-huh. went in totally fucking free and clear. And it rocks. It's the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like uh if I could go and just go to a movie theater and then it'll be like uh we guarantee to play something that you've never seen in your life, but you're not going to know what it is. I think I would be into that. Just just go to the movie theater and see something i've never seen it's uh it's something i have no opinion on it's great and it was in the smallest theater they probably have there it was me and like three other people and uh it was the best i loved it i cried throughout it was a good movie everyone should check it out come on come on joaquin phoenix friend of the podcast uh tyler he he said that you might be able to stream it through the A24 screen screening room. Okay. I guess that's some like website or something. He he's shown it to me before. Um and they they have a, like a good amount of their movies on there. 
That's cool. Yeah. 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 Check it out. I also wanted to see House of Gucci, but that wasn't playing when I went. Yeah. Uh, that looks I keep insane. Saying, you know, Adam Driver, Lady mm-hmm. Gaga. Like, I, I just keep saying to Keenan, like, I just, there's so much coming out. Just we're just being bombarded. It's it's not just movies, but it's it's TV too. And this this is the deluge that happens when COVID shuts down Hollywood for as long as it did. Uh-huh. And it's, it's tough to keep up. Oh yeah, yeah. But what can you do? I drove past the theater today. Parking lot was, you know, somewhat full. Happy to see it. Don't go away, movie theaters. We need you. Yeah. Not everything needs to make money. That's the problem. It's like some things should just exist because they're beautiful, not because they fucking make a profit. And that's why I love A24, because I don't think they make money and I don't think it matters to them. You know what I mean? You need people like that in the artistic fields, people that either don't care or just bad with money that just do things because they want them to to happen for reasons unrelated to opening weekend gross dollar amount you understand what i'm saying it's like totally it it's especially in 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 the arts you you gotta have people involved that are just terrible with money (laughs) just whimsical fucking psychos that are like uh yes this rocks yeah i I saw i think it was a tweet yesterday that someone put out like is the Matrix the most like quintessential DVD movie? Or I'm convinced that the Matrix is the most or the qu- most quintessential DVD movie. And then everybody was like retweeting it and giving their uh, opinions on that type of movie. What did, what did they? What did the original Matrix? Yeah, like the original Matrix. And I would disagree because like I when my brother sat me down to watch that, it was on a fucking VHS a tape. The end of the yeah. tail end of tapes. It was Boy, totally the tail yeah. end of tapes. Yeah. But someone retweeted it and responded with Boondock Saints. And mm. uh, I, w- I was thinking maybe like Donnie Darko. Like there's a lot of these, you know, not to be cliche, but cult classic films that, and, and also not to be cliche and like back in my day, but like those movies were getting made regularly and i just don't think they are anymore except for a24 and i talk about it so much on (laughs) on our podcast i don't mean to like beat this to death but you're so right like this this theater or theater production company does seem to just say i like your crazy idea here's some money go fucking make it it's probably going to be beautiful Mm -hmm. it might not make any money and we don't care who gives a fuck right yeah right and it might it might come back around as like um i don't know what the equivalent today would be to cult classic like i don't don't know do blu-ray classics it's like not even that it's like it it sucks that it because dude there's something about tactical things that you can touch with your fingers right there's something about your buddy handing you their dvd copy of boondock saints and being like you gotta fucking watch this and then you take Mm -hmm. it and you put it in your fucking little dvd player or your ps2 right you fucking watch it on your fucking 20 inch crt and it it's a fucking beautiful experience then like 
me sending you a link to to something that's like, dude, you gotta watch this on uh, fucking HBO Max, and then you click the link and watch it on your phone. You know what I mean? It's just like. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the less things that you can touch that just get sucked up into the computer that are just ones and zeros just don't have that something about it's just missing that little thing, those little human elements that that fucking matter. Yeah, and there's something about the mobile device that once again, maybe this is like my age, but I just refuse to watch a movie in that format. Right. Yeah. Which is good. I watched the only movie I watched was the last uh, um, fucking Die Hard we did. That's just because I didn't want to get out Ugh. of bed and I didn't care. <laughs> it was such like, a piece uh, of shit. This pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wise decision. Good point. Oh, man. Maybe, maybe I'll start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> now we're moving on, though. Very exciting for the any pop addled. Anyone who doesn't listen to Pop Addled, uh, Timmy, my dear friend, is one of the hosts of Pop Addled, along with our dear friend, Keenan. Um, and Harrison and I, from Doom Thugs, do a crossover show on Pop Addled called Doom Addled, where we go through film series. We just recently wrapped up RoboCop, and we're moving on to a six-pack, a sixer of... John Woo films, three imports, three domestics. Hell and yeah. I got to tell you, brother, I am excited for me because I get to watch these movies again that I love and, uh, you know, go deeper on them. And for you to watch them for the first time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> Dude, you're in for a trip. It's going to be. I, if you like him, you might hate this shit. Who knows? <laughs> in Hong Kong films from the 80s, but I do think they're magic, and uh, it's going to be fun. So keep your ears out for that, probably in 2022. And uh, Plus, yeah, probably like outside of how this started with Resident Evil, mm. every other series we've covered has been pretty uh, franchise, mainstream, yeah. you know, big, big budget stuff. Yeah. And, and and this isn't so I'm excited that we're kind of getting off the beaten path a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Kind of looking at a particular director rather than a film franchise will be will be fun and interesting to uh, you know see how an artist evolves rather than a piece of uh, art. Um, very excited. You're gonna love it. And if you don't, I'll never talk to you again. But you've seen like, um, for those that don't know, John Woo in America is probably most famous for Face Off. I'd say you've seen you've seen Face Off. I've seen Face Off at least like ten times. Right. I love that movie. Right, right. <laughs> then you're in. You're in, dude. <laughs> uh, so somehow another year has gone by. Right, 2021 seemed literally like a fucking blink of an eye like it flew the fuck by um i feel like i mean the last couple years there's so much hurry up and wait like just like all right fuck it just if we wait a little bit longer then this whatever 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 this whole fucking cycle we're in but 2022's coming up i don't know are you a big uh new year's resolution guy do you give a fuck about the calendar turning over 
Are you like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's like, the current calendar doesn't even make sense? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely not the latter. Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> dude rules, but yeah. I don't think of it in a scientific way. But yes, I or also, no, I, I don't really give a shit about New Year's, uh, the, the calendar turning. You never, uh, uh, you never make a list of things you want to do better next year? No. Never. I've never ever done that. Wow. The resolutions. Um and and I've worked so for being in the bar biz for so long, I've worked so many New Year's Eves that I just maybe that like darkened my soul oh, on yeah. New Year's because I it's such an amateur night. Mm. Um it's actually quite frankly a dangerous night to be out. Yes. Um and no, I don't really give a shit about New Year's. Um I I, I Okay, there, there's a little bit of appreciation to saying like goodbye to this this year in particular, mm-hmm. and the same thing happened to me with 2020. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I don't really think twice about it. Uh, does Cat have to work this year? Are you free this New Year's Eve for the first time in God knows how long? I am free. Cat uh, wow. does work. Ah, dude. But but Keenan, Mandy, and I. We're thinking about just going to Kuma and like hanging out and having a couple drinks to just celebrate there. That's fun. That's fun. Get yeah. Get Keenan all fucked up at Kuma where he works. Make a bad scene. <laughs> Not. I know. I just said how it's an amateur night and you shouldn't be out. But hey, be careful. I if you're yeah. out, be careful and get yep. a fucking Uber. Don't drink and drive, you fucking psychopaths. Be safe. Oh, man, there's a lot of big stuff coming from us this year. I'm hoping this is a good year, kind of refocus creatively, uh, work harder on shit that I care about. Um, Because I feel like I waste so much time. I'm so obsessed with working third shift. I'm obsessed with getting enough sleep. Which is not a bad thing. I should, you know, you should focus as much as you can on getting your eight hours. Uh, there's unbelievable health benefits to sleeping enough, right? But it's I mean, like I, I'm I listen to I listen to a shitload of uh, sports podcasts, and not specifically uh, sports science, but they sometimes talk about it on on just your regular Eagles podcasts, and they'll talk about like the, these you know, high-end professionally trained athletes and their trainers, their mm-hmm. trainers are always asking them, how much sleep did you get last night? Yeah. How much sleep are you getting? Yeah. Like, what? when do you go to bed? When do you get up? Like, what's your routine? Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like, it's a, it's an underrated part of your, you know, not, not just to be an elite athlete, but just an overall happier human being. A healthier <laughs> per Like, you need that time for your your brain to fucking, you know, heal itself, your body to heal itself. Like you gotta fucking go to sleep and you gotta go to sleep for a long, for eight hours. You know what I mean? And you gotta do what you can to make sure you maximize the time you are asleep, getting that deep restorative sleep, which is a whole other thing. It's like all our brains are so fucking fried from staring at screens all the time. But anyway, what I was trying to say is, that's Being not a bad thing shift. that that's, that's not yeah it's not a bad thing that i uh, so hard on getting those eight hours i'm not gonna try to stop doing that but it's like those other eight hours of my day i uh 
got to push myself to use them better. You know what I mean? Not just stare at TikTok, which will suck hours out of your day with unbelievable ease. Like, I'm just going to jump on TikTok. Oh, my God. Three hours have passed, and I've watched 500 fucking of the most insane, horrible things I've ever seen in my life. But, but like, so this kind of goes into what I was talking about with, like, my Saturdays being difficult. I'm all by, by myself, and I think it just comes down to I'm lonely, mm-hmm. and I don't – I've never had, like, solid hobbies outside of just exercising, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I'm not a good drawler. I don't mm-hmm. write. I don't, I don't have an instrument to play. Like, do you have those things that you can jump into? Me? I mean, yeah. I have – I uh... – I feel like this is it. This is my thing. You know what I mean? Like I have instruments and stuff. I have a bass. I I fuck with sometimes and a guitar, but it's like, I want, so I've got some interviews coming up in the new year that I've got scheduled that I'm very excited about. Um, I've begun accruing the equipment needed to begin Twitch streaming which I'll be doing early in the new year, which I'm very excited about. So it's just like, I I have to be better at f- focusing the time I do have, not in my eight-hour sleep window, but the other eight, hour, other eight hours into... And it's not, I'm, I'm not trying to get... There's a fine line, right? There's these people that are like, every second of your life, you gotta be hustling, hustling, hustling. Oh, it's oh. like, shut the fuck up. I love to chill, but it's like, um, I can still be a chill guy and get shit that ultimately makes me feel good done and, um, just improve the overall DT family of products, um, which is my new year's resolution basically is to keep on myself to get off my fucking phone. <laughs> Heard. And I mean, one, one of our first episodes we did, we kind of talked about like the um, aspirations of podcasting and how, like, you know, there were times where not, not just times, like long periods of time where it definitely knocked our egos down very, very far. Mm-hmm. And Doom Thugs in particular, I feel like, has had this, like, great evolution through the years. It, it is constantly changing, and that's something that I, I could maybe take a page out of your book because Pop Adult has been very much the same for years now. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I appreciate where Doom Thugs is going. Well, thank you. I mean, like it or not, you're part of the tree now. I mean, you have a monthly show on the, pro, on the uh, network. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even ask you. I just basically told you you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're, uh, I mean, I mean, well, we've always been for as long as I can remember, we've been sister programs, right? Doom thugs and pop out are kind of, if not explicitly Absolutely. linked, they're definitely spiritually linked programs. And, uh, you know, our similar vibes coming out of both. Right, and I mean a similar sensibility and just, uh, you know, we're all friends. We're friend. Our podcasts are friends with each other, and uh, everyone knows it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited that you uh, – it's another big part of, like, you know, mental health and just, like, self-care is 
being cognizant, being able to like take a step back and like really assess yourself and your situation and not like being harsh on yourself, but just like objectively being like, okay, this is where I stand. And yeah, I guess I could make a few tweaks here or there. Yeah. I could not spend three hours on TikTok. I could try to cut it down to two. <laughs> exactly. You know, small <laughs> steps in the right direction. Right. Oh boy. But like I said, we're just, uh, two guys, two dudes trying to make it through. Right, Tim? Yeah, for sure. You know, and talking is, it's huge, you know, and dudes, dudes should be able to talk like this more often. And I think like we, we grew up in a time that that just wasn't the case. It's like, Guys go to is always sports. And if you don't talk about sports, there's no conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I started to notice like later in life that that's why I don't have a lot of guy friends anymore is because like there just was no connection beyond talking about the Eagles, you know? Like, yes. Yeah. 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 Which I, I still love talking about those things. Don't get me wrong. I'll talk about it all day, but Same. Yeah, there, there's, there's just more meaningful, uh, important things to life agreed agreed and it's like i'm uh it's good to have friends like you tim that understand that and it's good to have people in your life that you could uh chat with about anything you know what i mean that's a very yeah. and like you said not people need to talk um because the shit inside your head ooh, that lives there be, uh, takes on a different life once you say it out loud. And what I mean is like you could have a thought in your head that you are stone cold locked in that it's the truth and it's can fucking rule your thoughts and rule your life. But the first opportunity you get, you're talking to someone and you say it out loud the second it leaves your lips, you could immediately be like, holy shit, that's crazy. And then it's gone. Then you're free from it. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. something. The, the catharsis. Yes. Like the release. It's like you were, you were holding yourself in contempt for so long with mm -hmm. this thought in your head. It's like, why am I holding myself here? It's only harming me. Yes. Yes. And then you just like pop the balloon or untie the knot or something. It's like, Jesus five years I've been thinking that this is the case. The second I say it out loud to another person, I'm free. Will I learn this lesson and never do it again? Unlikely. This will be the pattern. <laughs> but <laughs> As long as we recognize the patterns that we could try to fix them. And that's Absolutely. all we're doing. We're just doing our best folks. But Timmy, recognizing yes. some sort of triggers or something like I actually had this happen just this past week well past like two weeks mm -hmm. um i i my brother i've said it a few times that like he works for comcast he's like some big dick down there in philly like, yeah um i i always ask him for advice on many things especially financially like he he just he's he's like the epitome of corporate america mm -hmm. has numerous degrees like makes a shitload of money so he knows a lot about a lot um, there's certain things we disagree on, mm -hmm. but mainly politically, but, yeah. <laughs> um, 
don't want to go down that path. Anyway, uh, I now, you know, work in IT, Mm -hmm. and that's what he went to college for. You know, he has a bachelor's in computer science, um, so he's always been there. That's always been his brain. Mm -hmm. So I've been in his ear all along, like, helping me take these steps into this career. And uh, I I was telling him about how just this past week I I had a meeting with my boss, and he essentially said that come spring, I'm getting promoted. Hell yeah. He's like, just keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I company policy, I can't promote you until your year review. Yeah. But you just keep doing what you're doing, and you can kind of choose your own path. <laughs> That's and I was great. Like, awesome. And my brother knew of this meeting. He then, uh, when the meeting happened, he asked me about it. I told him all the good news. And his immediate response was like, cool, that's all great. Now come interview for Comcast. Hmm. And he was telling me about like how much better Comcast is and this, that, the other. And it was just like a very strange reaction to think like this meeting going well. You know, it's all good news. Yeah. And now he's like telling me to jump ship. Hmm. And we we eventually like talked on the phone about it and we just did not agree. Right. On he thinks this is best for my career. I don't want to make this jump right now because things are going great. And long story long, we just it was just like he, he was so clear he was disappointed in my response that he basically just like ended the phone call. Ah, that's a bummer. But then so that was like five days ago. Yeah. And then he, he was visiting my parents just today with his wife and his not even two year old kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, this was yesterday. Uh, and and he he knows I work until nine. And he was like, "Hey, when you're done your shift, you want to come over and just like have some beers?" I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm not doing anything." Mm-hmm. Went over there, had some beers, and he was like, just happy to see me. We didn't talk about our conversation about this disagreement we had. Yeah, at all. Like it, it just like it, it was like we had the conversation. We we put it to rest. I think he was disappointed. Mm-hmm. It's not what if he were in my shoes, what he would do. But you know, he just was like, "Fine, I'm going to let it go." Yeah. And on my side, being able to like come and hang out with him, have a couple beers, and just talk about life and yeah. and really nothing that important, kind of made me realize like, "Oh, I'm so glad we had that conversation. And now like this is over, and we can move on with our lives." Yes. Yeah. 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 I, th- uh, I think that you know, it correlates to what we were talking about. Oh, for sure. For sure. And also another point is like, uh, I forget that I recently read, you know, you know, there's all those, uh, motivational quotes or whatever floating around. But one was like, um, uh, difficult conversations are, uh, most oftentimes what, uh, separates you from where you want to be, which is like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, true. Right. Uh, sometimes you got to have, and not necessarily, this doesn't exactly line up with what happened with your situation, but still have the tough conversation, uh, because before you have it, it's a fucking monster inside your head. That's eating your brain. And then after you have it, it's over. (laughs) It doesn't exist anymore. And you're like, wow, that actually wasn't that tough. And the, and the more you do that, the less tough it becomes. Yes. You know, like. That that what you're that quote you're saying mm-hmm. that reminds me of like the little bit of time I spent restaurant managing mm-hmm. and Keenan can relate to this is like 
once you're the manager, well, now you're the boss of your peers because they are usually your friends too. Yeah. And you got to call them out when they're fucking up because they're the boss. Absolutely. And that's not an easy conversation. (laughs) No, no. And it's like more often than not, if, unless you're a sociopath, that's like an acquired skill. That's something, that's one of those things you have to keep doing and it's going to suck for a long time until you eventually are numb to it or used to it at least hell i said i said keenan can relate adam adam can probably relate even more than anybody oh yeah yeah adam will have the tough talk adam will adam won't sugarcoat shit for you which is uh something i love about the guy right um he's the one i go to when it's like i need to lay my cards on the table and i need to be told a unblinking honest opinion you know what i mean it's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you in all the ways I think I suck, and you let me know if I do suck. And if you tell me I do, I know I need to fix things. And if you tell me, because there's been time, like I was saying earlier, the things about saying things out loud kind of kills them if they're crazy. There's been times where I've gone to Adam and been like in a very low place and laid out all the ways I think I'm just a failure as an adult and as a man and laid all the shit on the table. And he looks at all the evidence is like, Hey man, you're fine. (laughs) And I know he's the type of person that he would be like, Hey man, you got to shape up here. You suck. But, uh, he's a good friend. He also won't be mean about it either. For sure. He's not a cruel guy, uh, which, is also good because there are are those people that are like I like firing people like people like that are nuts They're, who are like <laughs> I love having difficult conversations. Do you or uh, are you just a huge dick? It's like, hey, I say th- I tell things how it, I just tell it how it is. Sorry if you don't like that. No, it's not. People don't dislike you because you tell it how it is. People dislike you because you're a dick. <laughs> it's like <laughs> your whole general attitude and vibe sucks. You being in the bar brings down the vibe of the bar and makes everyone want to leave. It's not that you're tell you're a truth teller. It's that you suck shit. <laughs> Which I'm sure as a bartender, you've been around plenty of those jagoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was a bartender too, and you meet you meet you meet all types. I wasn't a real bartender like you, though. I don't know how to make any drinks. Yeah, it's been it's been over seven months. It's been almost eight months now since I worked a bar shift, and like, I, I still have like a shitload of memories, and like most of them are nightmares. You were te- you were said on Twitter the other day that you still get those um, fucking those service industry nightmares yeah and you were and like you were making a greater some, some, point about how fucking traumatic the industry can be yeah the like that that was my point is that like the fact that i still like have these server nightmares mm-hmm. after this amount of time means that yes it did have this like crazy effect on my brain mm-hmm. like that that's just proof it's it's science <laughs> oh for um, sure you know i don't i don't have weird nightmares about my current job right uh, <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah right um, that's what it's like there's it's like there it's there 
I mean, this is a longer conversation that unfortunately we don't have time for. Uh, what time is it? I got a little time. But it's like something. There's almost people that like in the industry almost wear it as a badge of honor. How fucked up and traumatic it is and how insane it is. You know what I mean? It's like, does it really have to be like that? Are these? It's just just because it has been this way for so long. It's like, well. Working here sucks all the time. Uh, it's fucking hell, but we love it. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I, think, I don't know. I think the point I was trying to get at is that, like, there's so much that I was desensitized to. Mm-hmm. And that was more of the stuff that you just witness. Whereas the stuff that really sticks with me is the attacks at me. Mm-hmm. They, those are far and few between, like, the actual, like, really shitty customer, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat abusive in one way or another um that that doesn't happen so much but they are the ones that like really stick in your brain but, oh for sure yeah like just certain shit you would see like yes i have those stories but those aren't the ones that i really think about all the time if that makes sense yes yes it does yes it does but it's like it's like i like i one time watched a girl try to like show her vagina to the entire bar <laughs> you know like <laughs> <laughs> but that's not something that I think about like once a week. Right. The, uh, right. the guy that called me uh, a Nazi Hitler looking fuck and I'll rip your throat out. Pretty I think cool. about that once a week. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. And the shit I'm I'm like I, I'm not in the industry, so I can't ever talk to talk about it. But it's like I hear so many server friends just talk like it's it's like a it's not it's not abnormal that you've said this where it's like, uh, I got a 10 hour shift today. My lunch break will be 30 seconds in which I shove a breadstick down my throat and chug a diet Pepsi. You know what I mean? My, my lunch break is when I go piss, I'll pop two Xanax and a fucking Vicodin because my body's exploding from running around carrying these trays all day. Or like my Friday bar shift that, you know, we don't open the doors till 11, but mm-hmm. just for all the prep, I would show up at 930 mm-hmm. and I wouldn't eat until like six or 630 because there was like all sorts of shit I have to do. I had to do when my relief came in at five. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that entire time have not eaten. And then when I'm finally done, I just smash this like enormous cheesesteak in my face or whatever. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's not a great lifestyle (laughs) it's like there's got to be an easier way but hey you know what you make two dollars an hour and uh i don't know that many restaurants that give their employees health insurance but we might have to raise the prices a little bit if it changes (laughs) fuck off (laughs) fucking i'm sure a cheeseburger doesn't cost 90 dollars in fucking europe you fucking cocksuckers anyway we're in a whole other area here. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you for listening. Um, Timmy, anything? Uh, we've talked about it, but of course, if you want more f- from Timmy, Pop Addled, Pop Addled on Twitter is Timmy. If you want to yep. um, send uh, send him anything, Pop Addled's also on Instagram, Facebook. Keenan's on Facebook. Yeah, send all the dick pics to uh, Facebook, please. Yes, yes. And. Uh, listen to their fucking show every week they just had a great top five um uh, how was it worded uh, the uh front front people of bands that went solo okay yeah so is that it 
something like that. Yeah. So like Sting, for as an example, left right. the police and became Sting. Anyway, listen to Pop Idol, listen to Doom Thugs, all our shows. Like I said, 2022, we got we a come. lot of big, exciting things planned. Keep listening, keep following us on the internet, and I'll tell you about it all. And please watch me on Twitch when I start Twitch streaming. It's going to be a lot of fun getting everything together. I'm very excited about this new venture, and I hope to see you there. Um, fans on the way of course uh my license is suspended uh, so i don't know what i'm gonna do but anyway we love you thanks tim i hope you have a great day i have to go to work in 10 minutes but thanks for calling and thank you sir and uh everyone have a safe and happy holiday yep we'll see you soon bye bye